Welcome back to the My Sister Knows Why podcast. This week, we're talking about needles and vaccines. Wow. Let's feed your brain. Welcome back to the My Sister Knows Why podcast. I'm Ange. And I'm Claude. And uh, that was too professional. Was it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was too well organized for our podcast. Yeah, scratch that. Um, yeah, what's going on? What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I saw my wrist. I'm flossy. Okay, what are we talking about this week, Ange? This week, um, we're going to teach you about how vaccines work. Okay. Because there's been a lot of talk about the COVID-19 vaccine and, you know, it's being pushed out really fast and people probably have a lot of questions. It's not even in the talk anymore. It's in the it's giving in, now. It's people are getting the people vaccine. Are getting the vaccine. Yeah. And we're not talking about the COVID-19 vaccine this <laughs> week. But I am going to lay some foundations on how vaccines actually work um, and address some misconceptions. And then we're going to do an episode um, in the future in a couple of weeks just talking about the COVID-19 vaccine um, and any misinformation around it to hopefully clear up some some confusion. Um, and I love it. Something. I yeah. love it. Let's get into it. Okay. So, Claude, do you have any idea on how vaccines work? Um, the Like, no. I... I did a project on Pfizer, which is really? a company that, yeah, it was like, I don't remember what it was about. Oh, it was a case study. We had to do a case study and it was about Pfizer and their sales team. So it wasn't really about vaccines. It was about their sales team. Right. Um, but I kind of had to know a little bit about the company. So I know there's, oh, was it biolo- biological vaccines, mm-hmm. which is made from living things. Mm-hmm. And then there's non biological (laughs) so i know biological vaccines need to go through a longer process since it's made of living things i think something like that that's basically all i know and it's good for you get get vaccines get vaccinated yeah okay so we're gonna go over a very brief history of vaccines okay so um there is evidence that um ancient populations um specifically in like the china area yeah um the china the china area. Area, the chinese popu- ancient chinese populations practiced inoculations as far back as the year 1000 ad but the most popular event that people know is in 1796 when edward jenner vaccinated eight-year-old james phipps with material from a cowpox sore oh yeah Ooh. so so after that Edward Jenner then inoculated James Phipps with material from the human smallpox virus in order to test if the vaccination gave protection, which it did. Wow. And that brings us to our titillating tidbit. Wow. We're like two minutes in. I know, but it's so fun. Okay, let's get into it. Titillating tidbit. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so do you know the difference between vaccination and inoculation? No, I have no idea what inoculation means. Okay. Well, I can tell you what vaccination means. All right. So vaccination is the procedure that was done on James Phipps. And it was called vaccination because the material came from cows. Um, and in Latin, cows is vaca. Oh. So vaccination. Inoculation. Oh or variolation yes. is usually referred to when the virus itself or the pathogen, um, so in this case, the human smallpox virus, is directly placed in the patient's body. Oh. Yeah. So they're used pretty 
um, interchangeably nowadays, but there is like that slight difference. Yeah, where one was from a cow. Yeah, the, and one was from like the actual, the actual yeah disease or so one virus was like itself. a variant of smallpox, mm-hmm. and then actually inoculating was the oh, smallpox. Interesting, thing. and we yeah. use it's widely used as vaccination because. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's pretty interchangeably used now. Oh, okay. If you heard inoculation, it's pretty much the same you probably thing. think of vaccination. So Got it. Which means slightly different I things. didn't. Yeah. Well. But I didn't know the word. <laughs> didn't know that existed. And uh, from there, we pop it off with vaccines. And Let's now we have... <laughs> pop it off. <laughs> multiple, multiple vaccines. Okay, so now I'm going to go over the different types of vaccines that we have. Okay. So we have live attenuated vaccines, which uses a weakened or attenuated form of the germ that causes the disease. So they create a strong and long-lasting immune response because they are very similar to a natural infection. Mm -hmm. And some examples of um, diseases that have live attenuated vaccines are the measles. (laughs) Meebles. <laughs> the meebles. The measles, mumps, rubella vaccine yeah. is live attenuated and the smallpox vaccine is live uh, attenuated. So, so the, they contain... They contain a weakened form of the pathogen. Got it. Yeah. So that would be like the biological yeah. thing. Um, and then there's an something called an inactivated vaccine mm-hmm. and it uses a killed version of the pathogen that causes disease oh. they don't usually provide um, immunity that's as strong as live vaccines do so you may need several doses or booster shots in order to upkeep this immunity oh yeah and some examples are um, hepatitis a polio rabies and the flu shot is an inactivated vaccine. so because i feel like i always heard that um like you're getting the flu inside of you. Like you're going to get the flu. People are, are making you get the flu when you get the vaccine. Yeah. So that's not like entirely not wrong. True. Yeah. But it's not entirely true. Yeah. There is a portion of that pathogen that is being used in the vaccine that is being um, put inside of you because it's in the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But we go over this later. There's no way like it's not going to make you have the flu. Yeah. That's not what happens, um, which I will address later on. We'll do some misconceptions. Ooh, okay. And then the last type of vaccine I have on here is subunit recombinant polysaccharide and conjugate vaccines. That's a lot of words. Wait, yeah. is that all one? It's not all one word. But that's one like type of vaccine. It's like a type of vaccine. So pretty much it's, the, it's a vaccine that uses a specific piece of the pathogen. For example, a specific protein or specific sugars oh. um, to create immunity. So since they only use the specific part of the germ, they give a strong immune response that's targeted to that key part of the germ. And they can be also used on people with weakened immune systems. Um, But you may need to get booster shots to upkeep this immunity. So some examples of diseases that use these kind of vaccines would be hepatitis B, uh, HPV, and the shingles vaccine. Which is, you get hepatitis and HPV in schools, don't you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you should. And if you haven't, do it. I do just, it. not just recently, but I got my HPV vaccine two years ago because I just didn't get it in school. Yeah, I have no, like, I remember getting shots in grade school. Yeah. Maybe high school. Oh. But I don't, like, I know which no idea got. which one. Yeah, I don't you know. You should definitely check because some uh, jobs require you to have your vaccines, like, up to date. Yeah, which totally makes sense. Yeah. And I know schools, like, that's why they offer it in schools, right? Because yeah, if and you're not up to date, excuse me, 
Am I boring you? Sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> um, yeah, and some, and it, like, rightfully so. If you don't have the proper vaccines, you could be spreading yeah. um, diseases to some kids who may not be able to get the vaccines. And that's, that's why, like, you need to have certain vaccines to be in school and, like, for jobs. Because yeah. you're with, like, vulnerable populations. Now, um... I know you asked me before, like, while you were doing research, if I had any questions, and mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, but I have a question now. Okay. <laughs> um, you Are you going to talk about hurting? Vaccination hurting? What is vaccination hurting? Hurting. Like... Like vaccine injuries? No. No, not hurting. Oh, hurting. Like hurting. herd immunity? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, we will talk about herd immunity. Okay. Then let's continue. Okay. So now I'm going to go over the actual mechanism of like vaccines and how it actually works and yeah. specifically um, the flu shot. Do you know how vaccines work at all? I don't. Like, I have no idea. All. I just trust Oops. the process. I'm like, if it's scientists, if it like if it's going to be put in my body, people probably know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I learned this in high school, I'm pretty sure. And then it's been reinforced like every year of my degree we go over. Yeah. This is how antibodies work. <laughs> Um, Okay, so how do they actually work? So they take advantage of our natural immune system's ability to protect us. And now you might be thinking, how does our immune system protect us? Let me tell you. I was. Okay. I was thinking that. Am I boring you? You just yawned. No. Mm. Okay. So our immune system is made up of different types of white blood cells that work to attack and get rid of germs that could cause infections. So we have cells called lymphocytes. Yes. These are called, and then there's like a sub sub heading of lymphocytes called t-cells and b-cells and these cells help build our acquired immunity by fighting infection and making antibodies so um pathogens are bacteria virus or fungi that cause disease and have a subpart called antigens so pathogens are the bad guys yes got it you don't there's i mean there's good bacteria but in this case, it's it's bacteria, virus, or fungi that cause disease, and they're God. they have a small like part of themselves called antigens, and antigens are flags for the body to identify foreign be- uh, invaders. Oh, right. So when we come in contact with a pathogen, our B cells create antibodies that are matched to the pathogen's antigens. So you have the antibody made by the B cell. Yes. And the pathogen has its antigen. Okay. Got it? Yes. So think about a screw and a screwdriver. Not every screwdriver is going to fit into the head of a screw. It has to match, right? Correct. So antigens and antibodies are the same way. Um, The first time our body is exposed to a pathogen, it takes longer for the antibodies to be created because they have to learn that it's a foreign invader that's going to like cause harm. Oh, okay. Right. So once the right antigen-specific antibodies are produced, they work with the rest of the immune system to destroy the pathogen and stop the disease. After the initial antibodies um, to a specific pathogen are produced, it also creates an antibody-producing memory cell, which remains alive even after the pathogen is killed by the antibodies. So it, like, remembers it. Yeah. It so... allows... It allows our body to create the appropriate antibodies even faster the next time the body is exposed to the same pathogen. Oh, okay. So what about the ones, the the second type that you had mentioned? The T-cells? Uh, no, no, no. Type of vaccine. Uh, where you have to get it several times. Right. Possibly. Yeah. Is that kind of to like make that remember yeah. better? So <laughs> sometimes, like, sometimes you need a boost of these 
memory cells to make sure that your immune system knows like what the pathogen yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like to create long living immunity. That as makes well. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Are you following? I'm so following. Far? Okay. So when we receive a vaccine with a weakened or inactive part of a particular pathogen, it triggers the same immune response as if we got the pathogen naturally. Oh, right. So when our body, when in the vaccine, they have like, a, let's say it's the inactive part of a virus. Mm-hmm. You inject it and our body goes, oh, there's a foreign invader. There's an antigen in here. So then the B cells create antibodies to attack that bad pathogen. Yeah, but this bad pathogen won't actually give you no, there's nothing, the virus. There's nothing whatever. the pathogen can do. It's either too weak or it's literally inactive. Oh, so mm-hmm. it's just so for the cells or the things to just recognize that it's yeah. not supposed to be here. So then if you have the vaccine, if you come in contact with, um, let's say, the flu and you got your flu vaccine... Or let's say polio, if you got in <laughs> contact with polio or measles, yeah. then your body goes, oh, I know it's this back. pathogen. Yeah. It's back. I can make antibodies quicker to try to fight this infection. Um, so you like it's, it's able to destroy the pathogen mm-hmm. and you may not have as bad of a reaction as you might have had. So is it kind of like teaching the body how to fight off this thing yeah yeah interesting yeah that's a good way wow okay ready for some common vaccine questions ready okay why do we need multiple doses of some vaccines (gasps) because (laughs) so like i've said multiple times sometimes we need multiple doses doses sometimes we need multiple doses um in order to create long-lived antibodies and memory cells in order to fight the pathogen in the future Yes. So it's just upkeeping that immunity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you may be thinking, why do we have to get the flu shot every year? Isn't it because it changes a little bit? Yeah, it does. So the flu virus is super smart and actually evolves really quickly. Can't relate. Small mm. <laughs> <laughs> brain. So the vaccine you got the previous year might not provide um, the same amount of protection from the strain of flu that is circulating this year. So therefore, in order to protect yourself and those around you from the flu, there's a new vaccine every year that tries to predict the strain that will appear this year. So even if it's the same or a similar strain of influenza, you might not have those long lasting antibodies from the last year. So it's always good. It's always a good idea to get the flu vaccine every year. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. To upkeep that immunity. But so that's why we have to get it every year. That makes sense. Because I guess some people would think like... I got this last year. It should be fine. Right? And it's like, why do I have to get it every year? Yeah. And it doesn't cost anything, people, I don't think. It does. So. Yes. Okay. Ready to, talk about, uh, ready to talk about herd immunity? Yes. Okay. What do you know about herd immunity? Um, It's not called vaccination herding. No. <laughs> it's not. I, you had talked about it before, I think, when we were talking about, like, COVID vaccinations. Yeah. But basically... Like a big population has to get the vaccine so that it passes through them or something. Yeah. So herd Im- immunity is the idea that when a large portion of a population is vaccinated against a specific pathogen, for example, let's say flu, mm-hmm. it slows the transmission of the pathogen between people in that population. Mm-hmm. So instead of it going from me 
to everyone else in our family and everyone else our family has been in contact with, if everyone is vaccinated and I get the flu, it's probably only going to affect one or two people instead of the seven people that it could have affected. Yeah. So I think you've miscounted our family a little bit. There's only five I said, of us. I said people, <laughs> our family and people we've been in contact oh. with. Uh, I have a quick question. Yeah. So essentially when the pathogen... Mm-hmm goes into your body it's kind of like killed there right yeah so it's unless you've um like spit on someone well not necessarily spit on someone but like unless you've you've transmitted it like is there still a period where it's entered your body and you can still give it to someone yeah yeah there is so i don't know like i'm not an expert on that and it's different for every disease like Mm -hmm. covid19 um it's yeah what's it called it's like dormant phase Mm -hmm. i think it's called where you aren't showing symptoms outwardly yeah but you can still it's contagious you can still give it to other people yeah um covid's dormant phase is going to be very different from sars Mm -hmm. um in like the 2000s we should talk about sars we should talk about sars SARS. and it's going to be different from measles like any other chicken box you know it's going to be different for each um disease and that's the hard thing about um, COVID-19 is that some people are asymptomatic and some people mm-hmm. and and some people don't know that they have it and then they spread it because they aren't outwardly showing symptoms. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it there is a portion where you can have the pathogen inside you and you spread it to other people without knowing it. Yeah, yes. Interesting. But if you have a vaccine, it kind of slows it. Slow that down. Got yeah. it. So back to herd immunity we want a large portion of the population to be vaccinated right yes so some people in a population aren't able to receive vaccines because they may have a weakened immune system Mm -hmm. for example people with cancer or hiv they have a very weakened immune system because of the treatments they go through or hiv is just the disease that they have yeah or they may have um, allergies to components in a vaccine, so they might not be able to get it, like eggs. Um, Wait, they put things. eggs in vaccines? Sometimes there's eggs in vaccines. Oh. Yeah, fun, right? Um, it also helps people who, like herd immunity, helps people who are more susceptible to disease or pathogen in question, such as seniors, children, and pregnant women. Like some populations, even if you're healthy, you're more likely to get the pathogen and be affected greater greatly by it, mm-hmm. right? Like now, if you're older and get the flu, it's probably going to affect you more than if you were my age, 22, yeah. and getting the flu. Yeah. Um, you probably don't know this answer, but I'm going to ask you. You don't know this answer? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to ask you anyways. If a pregnant woman gets the flu, let's say, will their baby get it as well? Like, so, does it depend on how... I don't know the specifics for like the flu mm-hmm. because I don't think it's bloodborne. Oh, okay. I don't know if it is, but if you have a bloodborne disease, mm-hmm. there's your, um, your as a pregnant woman, the placenta, right? <laughs> there's a blood barrier there. So the, there's the baby's blood, the mm-hmm. fetal circulation or embryonic like blood mm-hmm. supply, and then you have the maternal blood supply. They don't touch each other. There's like a in-between. But you get nutrients and oxygen from the mother's blood supply. It diffuses through the placenta into the fetus. Right. So if you have a bloodborne disease, it can diffuse through those cells and get into the fetus's blood. Even though it's not like fully your blood going into the child. So some things can be spread. I think it's called 
vertical transmission Mm -hmm. because it's going from mother to baby yeah can spread from like mother to child so Mm -hmm. i think hiv is one of the things that can spread if you're pregnant you can give it to your child through because that's because yeah and i think hiv is kind of genetic no i don't think so i'm i don't know i don't know but i I don't think so uh, i don't know (laughs) anyways some diseases can be transferred transmitted interesting that makes sense that makes sense um yeah so getting vaccinations not only helps yourself but also allows you to help the others around you who might need extra protection right so by you getting your vaccine you're actually helping your grandparents um people who who have a weakened immune system and vulnerable populations so i had asked a couple of friends i'm like oh if you're which we should probably talk about this on the COVID episode but it's fine um but i asked them like would you would you not and Get the vaccine oh yeah God, did you hear that voice crack <laughs> vaccine. um and someone said that they by the time that they would get it, because uh, they're probably my age, by the time they would get it, everyone else would have gotten it. So they didn't feel the need. I, to I'm, get it? Yeah. I'm not saying, like, they didn't say fully this, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying if people are thinking that. Like, that, what's like, the point of getting the vaccine if I can be protected by herd immunity? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say to them? Well, like... Like, especially if they're able to. If you're able able to to. and you're a healthy individual, Mm -hmm. you should be getting the vaccine. Not only because it's going to protect yourself. Like, COVID, you don't know how it's going to affect you. In the long term, yeah. In the long term. um, Just because you're a healthy Mm 20-year-old does not mean that you can't have fatal effects from COVID. Like, there have been cases of young people dying from COVID. Yeah. So, one, I would want to get the vaccine because it's going to protect you. And Mm -hmm. two... You're protecting other people by getting the vaccine. Yeah. So you should be part of the larger majority that has to be vaccinated because there's going to be people who can't get vaccinated. And the more people that are vaccinated, the better that we're going to be in the long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get the vaccine. That's. But they make a point where, like, it's true that 20, I don't know, 18 to 20 year olds, mm-hmm. 18 to whatever, 25 probably are getting the vaccine last yeah right yeah just totem pole wise yeah. but that doesn't mean you shouldn't get it mm-hmm. it means that you should be staying safe and yeah. you know following restrictions yeah. but uh ready for some vaccine misconceptions and misinformation yes please okay common mistakes it's okay if you made this mistake before it's fine we're here to help this is why we're here <laughs> okay so can't i get sick from getting a vaccine because they're basically putting the vaccine inside In my of me so yeah we already kind of talked about this the vaccine uses a weakened state of the vaccine it's not strong enough not to hurt you to transfer <laughs> it's not strong enough to transfer the actual pathogen like into the body where it's going to harm you mm-hmm and when a vaccine uses an inactive state or portion of the pathogen, there's no way for that pathogen to become activated. Therefore, it cannot harm you. Yeah. So, but you may be thinking, why do some people ha- get fevers? I was going to say, I was going to bring that. Can't that be symptoms? Um, fever is a symptom of a lot of diseases because what does a fever do? It raises your body temperature to try to kill the pathogen that is, you know, creating oh. the immune response. Oh, right. That's why we get fevers. We're trying to flush out and, and, you know, it's really weird because we, you can die if you get a fever high enough, right? Yeah. If your body temperature goes up high enough, 
then you can die. Yeah. But it also kills pathogens. So our body's like, we're just going to push it to the edge to see if we can try to get rid of it. (laughs) That's funny. So why do we get fevers? It's It's doing it's doing its job. It's literally doing its job. It's just a somewhat common side effect of a vaccine. And it means your immune system has been activated and is creating that immune response in order to create those antibodies. Interesting. But I'm going to say not everyone gets that reaction. No. But I've it's never, still working. It's still working. Yeah. yeah. But it's if, just, you, if you get a fever after a vaccine, it's literally like just a confirmation. Yeah. That it's you're, not the va- It's yeah. not like the disease. That the yeah. I mean, if it's for. like if your fever is really high and it's like prolonged, then there might be you might be having a reaction to something in the vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's not the actual the pathogen. disease. Yeah. Like maybe you have an egg allergy and there's eggs in the yeah. vaccine. Um, so definitely go see your doctor. But it's it's kind of normal and it's just saying that your body is is doing it okay ready next one i've never gotten the flu so why should i get the vaccine for it um because (laughs) because so some people are able to carry the influenza virus but not show any symptoms otherwise known as being asymptomatic Mm -hmm. so that means that you can spread the virus unknowingly and not show outward symptoms of it, right? What a beep. Right? So if just because you've you've like, oh, I've never gotten the flu or like I haven't gotten the flu in a while. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you didn't have it, were asymptomatic and then spread it to other people. Yeah. Cause knock on wood, I don't remember the last time knocking on wood, uh, I got the mm-hmm. flu, but that it's not I've fun. shown symptoms for a flu, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still gonna get a flu shot because it's well, you didn't get your flu shot last year. I didn't get it last year. I didn't get a year before that. Didn't get the year before that. Shame on you. I was in high school. I mean, I was in college. I just I got my college. Um, (laughs) No, but I got very lucky that I didn't get it because if I did, it would have been bad. So getting the vaccine is important as it protects you from being an asymptomatic carrier and spreading it to vulnerable populations Mm -hmm. who may not be able to get the vaccine or who need the extra protection. Like babies. Like babies or your grandma. Or your grandpa. Or your grandma. And this is linked back to herd immunity. Like you should, just because you haven't gotten it before, doesn't mean that you haven't had it and not known. So you should be getting the vaccines in order to protect people around you. Really, I just think people need to wrap their head around. This isn't just for you anymore. This right. is for other people yeah, in your life. Completely. Even if you're lonely, you're still <laughs> seeing people at the grocery store. It doesn't True. matter if you know them. Doesn't and matter especially if you don't know them. Before COVID, like we, I don't know, I'd be all up in people's grill. We should do an episode on that too. What? Like the grossest things people did before COVID. <laughs> yeah, we could. Um, okay, so natural immunity is better than acquired immunity. Do you know what acquired means? Uh, b- vaccination, I assume. Uh, acquired, yeah, yeah. So like you're acquiring, you're getting the yeah. protection. Whereas natural after is you get is what the... you're born with. Oh, natural is immunity is what you're born with, and you're like, so your natural immune response. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So some people have the conception that actually getting the pathogen naturally gives you a better re- immune response than vaccines. Um. This may be true. However, the risks greatly outweigh the benefits. For example, uh, with measles, if you actually contracted the disease, disease, there is a 1 in 500 chance of death, which is just too close close to death for me. Yeah, a little bit. Personally. Or or for my child. Like, I would rather have a 100% or close to 100%, let's say 90% to be safe chance that they're not going to get measles yeah rather than a one in 500 because that can kill you can it yeah measles can 100 percent kill you yeah 
Um, so ironically, some anti-vaxxer parents claim that vaccines aren't worth the risk because they may contain unknown toxins, but which isn't true. I was going to say, I don't like think what you think, but I don't get it through my head that people think this because there are scientists mm-hmm. and like especially vaccines that have been here for so long that yeah yeah they're a lot of people think like oh i don't need to get the mumps measles rubella vaccine because we don't see measles anymore but we don't see measles anymore because people have (laughs) been vaccinated wasn't there a recent outbreak of something there was a recent outbreak of measles 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 is popping back up because because parents aren't vaccinating their children vaccinate your children please um so yeah it's it's funny that anti-vaxxer people think that vaccines aren't worth the risk because you're putting unknown toxins in your body but they're willing to risk dying from a preventable disease yeah because they think it's more natural and that's just not fair for your kid i think because they don't really have yeah there's stories of like kids turning 18 they're like just went and got my vaccinations because like their parents didn't want to vaccinate them yeah okay so our last misconception ready for it ready do vaccines cause autism Absolutely not. I, no. Like, do you know where this came from? Yes, I do. Okay, I've let's get about into this it. So many times. Okay, so first of all, there is no evidence <laughs> to support the claim that vaccines cause autism. So this misconception comes from a 1998 article on the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine published in the academic journal called The Lancet. Now, The Lancet is a very well-known, peer-reviewed, or I hope it was peer-reviewed in 1998. Okay. So, you know, reputable yeah. journal. Yeah. Um, The article in question has been completely discredited due to serious procedural errors, undisclosed financial conflicts of interest, and ethical violations. What? Yeah. So the the author of the paper pretty much fudged the data in order to support his conclusion that the vaccine in question does increase autism. So in he really just did this for himself, like he, just to prove his point. Right. Yeah. Like he, and I'm sure yeah. he got paid by people. And wow. Yeah. So the researcher's name was Andrew Wakefield. And he had Andrew his guy. I know, buddy. He had his medical license revoked and because he was a surgeon. Oh, yeah. And the paper was retracted from the Lancet. Um, but anytime I've like since I've learned about this, anytime yeah. that I'm doing research for like a paper in school and I come across the the Lancet, I'm like, that's the autism vaccine journal. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, so although it was discredited and like it wasn't true, and actually there's been multiple, multiple reviews on different studies um looking at the prevalence of autism and vaccines and Mm -hmm. looking at the connection and none of them have found a connection between autism and vaccines but this hypothesis was taken seriously and it sparked the beginning of the anti-vaxxer movement that we see now yeah yeah so do you know who jenny mccarthy i absolutely do every time new year's eve mom goes i (laughs) I hate her her because she does the (laughs) the, ryan secrets some yeah she has name dicks Oh, New Year's? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But she does a New Year's special. New yeah, Year's Eve special. Yeah. So Jenny McCarthy, she's an actress and a model. Um, and she used, she's been a huge influence on the movement and using her platform um, as like someone who's famous and mm-hmm. people look to, to spread the fake news that vaccines cause autism. So she spoke out against the MMR, so the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine, after her son was diagnosed with autism after receiving the vaccine. 
which I feel like that was just cor- poor timing. Poor like, timing, was- probably yes. And correlation does not equal causation. And so he was um, diagnosed with autism, and then she started researching autism oh and like gosh. possibly vaccines being involved yeah. with it. And she came across that paper. And the move, the whole movement, like it was growing since that paper. Yeah. And now she's been like an advocate of yeah. like anti vaxxers How can you still support that even though it's been disproven? Like it's been. I know, right? Well, some people, when they get it in their head, yeah, they're that's just true. like, you can't. 100% true. You can't like tell them no. Yeah. And, and some parents who they have a child with autism, they just need it's a hard. It's yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's a life adjustment. They're not going to have the easiest life. They want something to blame. Yeah. Vaccines. Yeah. Um, ironically, she's also claimed that her son has recovered from autism through a diet change, vitamins, supplements, and detoxing the body. I don't think it works like that. It doesn't. It doesn't I work like that. I don't. Yeah. What? And yeah, and people like to blame vaccines for autism. But if you have a child with autism, you need to accept that and yeah, like, still what love is them. Blaming yeah, vaccines is not going to change it. Yeah. You know, move forward and work towards helping your child the best way you can. So, yeah, Jenny McCarthy is really not my favorite person. I Yeah, it's silly. So, bottom line, vaccines undergo rigorous testing be- before becoming available to the public, and they must meet specific guidelines before being widely distributed. Um, they are essential for preventing easily preventable diseases and protecting those around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want a, a good podcast to listen to, if you're really into podcasts like we are um, about vaccines and vaccine information, there's a podcast called um, Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. They do other things, but they've done a couple of episodes about vaccines and it's really great information. <laughs> Millie, do you mind? <laughs> I'm We're trying recording. to tell people about a nice <laughs> podcast. Okay. Um, also, they have really great information about COVID-19 and the COVID-19 vaccine. So if you're interested in that, um, just Google it. It's really uh, it's really good podcast. Where'd you get your research from, Ange? Um, WHO.com, um, from the CDC, um, from public health, uh, a lot of U.S. sites about public it. health, yeah. Canada.ca. Yeah. So all pretty reputable sources. I should hope so. So you can you can trust us. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. Next week. That was what are a we solid. Doing? That was a solid episode. Thanks. I hope it made sense. To I people. mean, it made sense to me. So Which I is feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like people are gonna know what's up. Okay. What are we doing next week, Claude? Uh, I think we're gonna talk about the gross things that we that we did before COVID was a thing. Yuck. I mean, people did gross things after too, like lick door handles on purpose that's disgusting i don't even want to talk about that yeah that's weird uh Um, don't google it or think about it no it's disgusting but listen to next week's episode when we dive right into it um and to keep up to date with us follow us on instagram at my sister knows why no spaces no nothing follow us on all the major podcast platforms google Podcasts, got apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Give yeah. us a rate and review. Come back next week for COVID. COVID. Those nasties. Yuck. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Adios. What do we want? Low airplane noises. When do we want them? <laughs>